Thank you so much for tuning in to the Lily Podcast for its very first season. We will be taking a short break before season two. In the meantime, while the Lily Podcast is on break, we will be running episode replays. So without further ado, here we go. All right, so I am here with my lovely sister, Blue, <laughs> and she is going to be sharing her testimony today. And I feel like every, every episode, I'm like really excited because we have talked about your testimony before, but I'm sure that there's always a new dynamic. So mm. I'm ready to hear what I haven't heard before. Oh, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> See me cheesing? I'm like, yes, yes. That's, that's the nerves. The I know. <laughs> Um, so how long have you been saved? I would say about four years now. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's about right. I remember when Martin and I moved into our first apartment and you came to visit and you was like fresh new. Oh And we yeah. were talking about your testimony then. Yeah. That was a brand spanking new. Yes. I was like, so was uh, how do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your background? Yes, my background. Honestly, you can start wherever you like. You can start from childhood. You Mm -hmm. can start from, you know, different topics where it's like, what's your background in religion or, you know, wherever you want. Okay, Okay, sounds good. So I'm like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, when you've been saved four years, it's like, you know, there's a lot of time you weren't saved. Mm -hmm. So it's like, where do I start? So. I would say, okay, so my background, I grew up in a professing Christian home. Um, I grew up uh, no longer single, but to a single mom, mm-hmm. you know, um, love my dad, but wasn't around. Mm. Um, and so I guess I would kind of start there, right? Because I feel like that kind of starts a lot of dynamics off yeah. for the rest of your life. Um I had awesome, like, I had such a big, I have such a big family, so, um, it wasn't all doom and gloom, you know, definitely had a really great big family, um, though a lot of things, I guess on more on the dark side started early, right, Mm -hmm. so, um, I would say, you know, I, while growing up, my mom, she always raised us to be very polite, very respectful, and all those good things, so I would say I was a polite, rebellious child. Wow. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. And I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it was like I was the sneaky one. Mm-hmm. So that's how I grew up. I grew up, I was very sneaky. But I, but to adults, you know, I'd be like, hello, mm-hmm. you know, You're so you. good. <laughs> it's like, look at Blue. She's so good. She's so nice mm-hmm. until she's not. She's a terror. <laughs> so, um... I grew up definitely very rebellious at a very young age, not Mm. wanting to hear no and all those other things. Um, So, of course, that was that became a little bit hard. Um, It it didn't set me even when we talk about whether you're saved or not saved. It doesn't really set you up well to have that kind of disposition in the world, you know, in relationships, um, you know, honoring your mother, your father and all those other good things. Um, I do remember that because my dad wasn't around, there was definitely a void growing up um, in terms of my mom. She tried her best. So 
But, you know, when you don't have a father in the home, you don't, there's, there, that's a big dynamic, like mm-hmm. mother or father, father for sure. I mean, that's your covering. Yeah. So I was looking for love in the wrong places and I, I was accessible. So at a young age is the first time that unfortunately I was sexually assaulted. Um, I was a very little girl, so mm-hmm. I wasn't even, I wasn't even seven yet. So that was very tough for me. Yeah, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Thank I didn't you. know that. Yeah, it, w- it was tough. It was, and it was like, you know, someone that I loved very much. Mm-hmm. Like, I was maybe four or five years old. And I still remember how much I loved them, wow. you know. They were d- like, um, and so that was really, that, I think once that happened, it kind of changed, it, uh, it already changed my mind about a lot concerning men authority and all that good stuff so um so then growing up fast forward because I'm like where am I um so my issue with authority right so that became a really big issue um in my mom me and my mom's relationship of course um in school and all those other good things um I started to really like I would be very calm, and then all of a sudden, I would just have these outbursts of rage, of anger. Um, I always felt like I was missing something. Um, I started going through depression Mm -hmm. around, like, I want to say maybe 13 years old to where it was kind of like I just didn't feel as much. And then when I did feel, it was like, it was a lot of rage, you know, it was like, it wasn't that there was an absence of happiness completely. Yeah. But it was like, all the good feelings were very muted compared mm. to everything else, if that makes sense. It does. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of just living in turmoil. But of course, you know, of course, life goes on. So I don't want to make it seem like I was in this dark room my whole childhood. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did. So uh what was it so I had a lot of siblings I'm the oldest Mm -hmm. right you're one of what one of so I have five so one of five on my mom's side and then I also have a brother on my dad's side too so one of six in total Mm -hmm. so a lot okay so it definitely taught me some you know good responsibility but I was a little bitter okay Mm -hmm. I was like why I gotta take care of these kids oh my goodness (laughs) So, um, I recently met your stepfather this past summer. Mm -hmm. When did he come around? Like, how old were you when he came into the picture? Yeah, so he came around. I was actually, I want to say, I was a little over 18. Okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. so for a while you were kind of looking after your siblings. Yes, and, you know, partnering with my mom and things like that. Um... She, yeah, so definitely partnering with my mom in that way. Um, I think that, you know, some children aren't like this. They see the joy of being a servant, but that just wasn't me at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so listen, I grew up helping my mom with those babies yeah. and, you know, cleaning and all that stuff, which now is super valuable, mm-hmm. right? Like, that is valuable <laughs> knowledge to have. So, yeah. yeah. How would you say that experience shape the relationship between you and your mom um I would say I would say that it was tough Mm -hmm. you know not not to sugarcoat it I guess it was very tough it was um she was 
Because when you when I consider it, right, I already had a lot of things going on internally. Mm-hmm. And she was the only one there. So, like, my father wasn't around, you know, so she, it was her. So it was her trying her best to do the most that she can. Mm-hmm. And then it was me looking at it like it just wasn't enough. Mm. So it, it was it was like, you know, I love my mom, but it was a lot of turmoil, yeah. right? Um, and then when you don't submit to authority, that just makes it worse, mm-hmm. you know? when there's such a lack of humility. Um, so I definitely grew up a little bitter, um, very closed off, um, just because of my own circumstances, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I, I went through some things. So it was just kind of, and also her trying to navigate, like, well, how do I help, you know, this person? Like, what, as a parent, especially your first, mm-hmm. you're really trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like... <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was a little rough. It was a little bit of a bumpy road right. there for a while, but it's it's getting better now, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Okay, so with you know this kind of tumultuous childhood, mm-hmm. how did things I guess begin to progress as you kind of got up into your teen years? By the time I was a teenager, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. By the time I was a teenager, I would say I started to become promiscuous. Mm. So um, I remember being told at a young age, you know, you wait till marriage, you wait till marriage. Mm. But listen, I saw a lot of people not waiting till marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I didn't have like an actual example of someone waiting till marriage. Yeah. I just didn't see that. So it's funny. My dad, he would tell me that same uh-huh. thing. But I'm like. I've never seen that before. I don't mm. I don't even see that in you. Mm-hmm. So it is hard to follow that when you don't have an example of it. But yes. <laughs> yeah, no, you said it like you hit it on the nail. It's just like we can, you know, be told so many things. But when humans like we really have to see it yes. because it makes it. You know, I don't want to make it real. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it makes it a real thing mm-hmm. because I, I just didn't see that. I saw yeah. a lot of, you know, children before marriage. I didn't see marriage that much at all, actually, mm. growing up. So Me either, when I really think about it. Yeah, I did. Like, now that I'm older, I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I wasn't even around, like, married, married, you know, people that were actually married most of my life, so... It was kind of, at first, I definitely was like, okay, I'm going to wait till marriage. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, definitely a big part of my testimony before I was saved was like a lot of perversion, a lot of lust and things like that. Um, even as a teenager, like I uh, think I was like on an iPhone. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> I was on, um, not an iPhone. What was the flip phone? <laughs> no, this is like going to be so funny. I'm not remembering <laughs> this. Um Sidekick. No, it was like so it was by Apple, but it was the um iPod Touch. Yeah. iPod <laughs> Touch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so it was the iPod Touch. It was um and I remember my mom gave it to me, you know, so I can listen to music, all that good stuff. But um I remember at the time, like it was like all around the same time. My mom, I had this iPod touch. Um, I would go to my grandmother's house and she had a pre, pre, what, pre- a, 
I'm like, how do you say that? Breathra. Breathra. Many, many books. So she had a lot of books. Mm -hmm. So I love to read. But listen, she had a lot of those romantic novels. Yes. The Fabio (laughs) style. Okay, Fabio, he's like. And then the girl's like. (laughs) So I was like reading it, reading it, reading it. So it was really, and I love to read. Mm -hmm. So it was like. I was getting a lot. I can identify with that. Really? Yeah. I didn't know it this, wasn't, but we're so confident. Yes. It wasn't the romance <laughs> books for me. For me, it was, I guess they were romance, but it was mm-hmm. like the hood love story. Mm, for me. No, no, I read those too. <laughs> yeah. I read those too. So. <laughs> Don't trip. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so it was like I there were those two. I don't know how I found those, okay? Cuz she was very like old school. So, I don't know. Listen, we let, let's not go there. Mm-hmm. Let's not we going to tread like <laughs> But um so she would and it wasn't like she would actually hand me those books. Right. It was just I had free reign whatever books like she just loved, you know. Yeah, love to read. So it's good. It's books. Mm-hmm. You're just reading. Mm-hmm. So I actually like when I think about it, I got addicted to porn even through books yeah. at a mm-hmm. very young age. I would even say at like 11. That's so funny. I never thought about it that way mm-hmm. because I would read these books just for that. Yes. But I never drew the connection to porn. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. It like, listen, that, that stuff I really, and I didn't, either until literally just this moment i'm like because i was going to talk about that but i'm like yeah the books because Mm -hmm. it was like you know listen now i now this is like a favorable thing right like Mm -hmm. um this is love and this is what it means to be close to someone Mm -hmm. and all that stuff and and you and listen you're just curious and young so you're like oh this is the juicy stuff you're (laughs) like oh so um so yeah so I became um promiscuous which started leading to a lot of bad things right like on Facebook um you know talking to older boys and all that stuff and so um you know and then it only you know led down a darker darker path where you know where I was now addicted to pornography and um what else and um you know really kind of getting more into depression and stuff like that because I already dealt with depression. Mm -hmm. So um, as I got a little older in my teenage years and I'm being promiscuous, um, it just, in that that way, it just kind of, it doesn't help. I guess I'm trying to find the words, but it just doesn't help. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember at, how old was I? At 16, it was like I became um, even more suicidal and things like that. Um, And I just took the lid off. I was like, you know what? I'm going to lose my virginity. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? That's a a dream. That's a tale. It doesn't matter. You know, and just kind of letting these bad relationships start. Um, I had to go on medicine for a little while for the depression, for the suicidal thoughts. Um, but the Lord really did something amazing. Mm-hmm. So I was, so this is actually, I'm sorry, let me go back a couple years. So when I was 13, um, I was, that's when the suicidal thoughts were very apparent. Like, this is what I want to do mm-hmm. instead of just being like, I don't want to, like, maybe I don't belong. 
and stuff like that, it kind of led to, no, I, I, I want to go. So it would be easier for me just to go. Mm. Um, and so, I'm sorry. I get, like, a little emotional. It's okay. Um, I'm a little bit mushy. <laughs> but um, at 13, definitely that's when depression started to hit me very hard. Um, I was sleeping a lot after school. I didn't have, um, you know, much motivation or interest. And I was doing very bad in school. Now, before I was just doing bad in school because I was rebellious. Yeah. Now I'm just doing bad in school because I can't even like, it, it was almost like I was walking around in a fog, a constant yeah. fog. So, um, what happened? I, so one day. Um, and it was probably, I think a lot of people don't like to admit it, but it was also probably a cry for attention Mm -hmm. because at that point, you know, I lived in a house with so many children. Um, I, I felt swat, a little swallowed up, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, at that point, but I also, it was me, like I was bottling it up. Yeah. And so it really had to, so I was expecting someone would just see it, Mm -hmm. you know, which is unlikely, um, because depression can just be so deceptive. It can be, it can like walk around and you don't even realize it's around until you're like, I haven't laughed like that in so long. Mm-hmm. So, um, one night I decided like, Hey, it's like, this is over. I was just like, it's, it's time. I can't do it anymore. I was in such pain. Wow. Like I was like, it would just be better if I was gone. How old were you? I was 13 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I I felt a little, and I always felt a little different. So I think that also played a big part in it. I always felt a little strange um, compared to other people. I don't know. Like there was always just this thing where I felt like I didn't fit anywhere. Hmm. So I would try, right? Like it's not like I never had friends. Yeah. And so I was like, I just don't even belong here on this earth. And um, that night, I remember I took every pill in my home. Like, listen, we had dog pills. I don't even know what kind of pills they were, right? Like Tylenols, um, uh, muscle relaxers, like I'm pills on pills. Like, no kidding. By the time I had all the pills, they were fistfuls of wow. different pills. And, um, you know, and unfortunately, you know, I cut myself and I was like, listen. This is it. So I was just looking at those pills and I was like, I have to do it before I don't do it. And so I took all the pills in the bathroom and um, I laid down to go to sleep and I did feel a feeling of instant regret. Mm. But I was like, but I can't go back. Right. So I went to bed and like... Thank you, Jesus. I woke up the next morning, and I didn't even have a stomach ache. I actually woke up early. It was like (laughs) I I woke up like 7, 7.30, like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Nothing. Ooh. Nothing. Wow. Yeah, God is good. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I, nothing was wrong with me. <laughs> Did you tell anyone about that? I, it's like cr- in that instant. Um, the morning I did tell my mom about the cuts, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I told her about, um, because they were pretty deep. So I'm like, oh, you know, mom, I did something. And I don't think this is the first time I cut myself, but I think the last time it was like very superficial. It was like I was like experimenting. Mm-hmm. So my mom comes and she's like planning to go get me ice cream, you know, just kind of chat with me and stuff. But she sees it and they're they're pretty. I need stitches, basically. So um, I'm just so thankful because you don't always think about these things all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just really thankful. That I didn't die in that condition. Yeah. So she um, she saw, and of course she had to send me right to the hospital. So um, I had to get stitched up and everything, and they have to check for everything. And um, What does that mean, they have to check for everything? Because you're suicidal, so they have to make sure, like, did you do this, did you do that? And oh, okay. I, of course I was a child, but they never said, oh, she has this in her blood you know what I mean she has that Mm -hmm. like they just stitched me up and that was it um and then I was on suicidal watch of course for seven days which that that was a testimony within itself (laughs) (laughs) I don't know but basically it's like a side of the hospital so it's like the psychiatric side side really I didn't know that Mm -hmm. I was a patient sitter what, in what hospital? Oh, I don't know if you want to say. I mean, it's fine. I worked at um, what used to be the hospital in Edison. Gosh, what is it called? Is it Summit? It's not Summit. It's Summit's not, in Summit. No, it's, <laughs> it's not Summit. It's it's called something else now, but okay. it's in Edison right off that main road. And I also mm-hmm. worked in Jersey City Medical. Um, I think just those two hospitals, I was a patient sitter. And there's another hospital in, um, gosh, what is that town? Little quaint town, not too far from Edison, mm-hmm. that I would like, um, what's the word, float back and oh, forth Oh, I to. didn't know that. I didn't know but you yeah, did that. Because I wanted to work in mental health. Yes, I do plan. know that. Right. So I, I was a patient sitter for a little while, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, for the people that don't know, you right? Can. <laughs> that's that's really cool. I didn't know that. Like, I knew you were always interested in mental health, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that you did that. Yeah. So, so you understand the environment then. Yes. So, um, so that was definitely that was just like, I I don't think I was that suicidal. Once I woke up from that, mm-hmm. it was more depression. But it was like I was probably trying to process like how I was still alive. Honestly, I feel like it's I've rarely. When working at the hospital, Mm -hmm. after a suicide attempt, it's so super rare that a person is still suicidal. Mm. Like, honestly, like sitting with those patients, I would leave confused because I'm like, this person seems fine. They seem like, well, like what? It did. Wow. I couldn't even connect it. I couldn't. It never made sense in my head. That wow. That that may like it might be the instant regret. Because mm-hmm. I've also heard that from other testimonies of people who have tried. Mm-hmm. Like unfortunately, people who have tried over the bridge, like they jumped. Instant regret. Mm-hmm. It's like you have a feeling of instant regret. There's not yeah. much thought. There's just a dread. Mm-hmm. Like oh man. Yeah. So even like 
I I love like uh, CSI shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they can analyze like how a person fell if they yes. jumped, like whether they jumped or were pushed or whatever That's the case crazy. is. Yeah, like the way they land, you can tell how it happened. What? So even people that jump, like let's say there's no foul play, we're not suspecting that this person w- was murdered. Mm-hmm. They can tell whether or not they tried to break their fall. Mm. when they fell so oh my god and usually gosh. they do yeah and, yeah and they usually do they usually do it's very wow. rare that a person doesn't and if, if they if the, like if a, if a person jumps and there's mm-hmm. no sign that they tried to break their fall they check to see if they were like drugged or whatever the okay. case is yeah because it's so common for them to try to break, break their fall yes yeah. like i i believe it i'm like mm-hmm. nobody actually when you think about it, no one actually wants to die. Yeah. Like, I, I think I heard some someone said, um, it's not that you want to die. It's that you just want the pain to stop. Stop, yes. So, and and can we just acknowledge, like, that's the devil. Like, that's from the devil it himself. Is. Like, he's a liar. It's a lie. It's so, so He's so crafty because he's yeah. so good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Right. So it's just like, so I'm not surprised that yeah. people are just like, no, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, we are made in the image of God. And I know that you you know this already, uh-huh. but like, or have heard it already, but like, think about it, right? The devil has a mission. He tell he's convincing you to commit suicide, right? Mm-hmm. So then they jump and he's like, my work here is done. And he leaves. And then the instant regret comes. <laughs> he's gone. The influence is no longer there. Oh, I hate you. It makes so much sense. I'm like, it does. <laughs> Listen, that dirty dog, he ain't uh, gonna see you through. Yeah, right. You couldn't even wait. <laughs> I just wanna beat him up. <laughs> All <laughs> right, so so we have we have your childhood progressing yes. in this way. Mm-hmm. And I know like from from we were at sixteen and then you jump back to thirteen. Mm-hmm. So can we jump back to 16? Yes, of okay. course we can jump back to 16. <clears throat> so that's when, and life was really fun at that time too. Like my mom, we always grew up going on road trips, like mm. random road trips. So it was like life was so, when I think about it, I'm like, uh, like <laughs> life was good. Like mm-hmm. we would randomly hop in the car, go on road trips. It was so great. Um, but I, at that time, yeah, that spirit, man, that spirit of lust and all that stuff was there, um, perversion. And I thought that's what love was now, mm-hmm. um, from a man. And so unfortunately that is the age where I got into, um, an abusive relationship. So I was 16, he was way older. Um, and I thought, listen, I thought this is, I thought this was like, the gold mine, like mm. I had hit a gold mine because at first everything was great. Mm-hmm. So I was laughing, right? And I, I, what well, I struggled to like, you know, be authentic beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I was laughing all the time and I felt seen, like, oh my gosh, someone understands me now. Um, someone respects me. You know, I'm 16, <laughs> like, wanted to be respected. Like, I'm a person. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm respected and all that stuff. I'm loved. I get affection. Um, and it started off like that. But, man, it did not It did not continue that way. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. So, um, and, you know, of course, like, um, I'm saying my mom. 
But I, I don't want to also give her testimony, right? So I'm saying my mom, but listen, she did her best. Mm-hmm. So like once she figured out what's going on, um, because mamas, listen, they can, they can smell that from a mile away. Um, she did her absolutely best. I won't go into complete detail about that, but she did her best. Really, when I consider it, she couldn't have done better to mm-hmm. get me out of that situation. But I was so set. I was so set that this was it. Um, and I have to continue. So, um, I did get into, um, an abusive relationship at that time. I ended up all the way in Florida, right? My family's from Jersey. So I ended up all the way in Florida. With the guy? To, no, I'm sorry. Um, so my, that's where my family sent me like, Hey, let's okay. like really just trying to help my life progress. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it's, you know, fight against the depression. You don't need to be in that relationship. You're young. You have so, you know, like my family just really trying hard to establish me. Yeah. Um, and I was going to a Scientology school at that time. Wow. I was going through Scientology, the Scientology church. <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> okay. Yes. So I was getting um, different things called auditing. I don't know if you've ever heard, because auditing is a term obviously used for a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I'm familiar with it, like IRS auditing. And then I actually watched a documentary on Scientology. Mm -hmm. But you explain it because the I wasn't really paying attention. So I can't even define it. Define it. Okay, so Scientology. And of course, I'm uh, paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. So but from my understanding of what I was in, it it kind of teaches you how to live a very moral life by their standards right Mm -hmm. so what they think is moral life i'm so sorry i keep on hitting this microphone (laughs) (laughs) i talk with my hands so much i'm like whack so um but how to live a moral life from there but from their standards right so if you meet um some scientologists some don't even like trust people who aren't scientologists Mm -hmm. because they weren't quote unquote um you know, they don't know how to live a moral life like we do. So Scientology is very interesting. That, lot of stuff, right? So you have levels of Scientology. Um, they have orgs. So instead of like a temple or a church, they call them orgs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have also other things as well. I can't remember right now. So many different moving parts. Like a very organized religion. Um, very structured so you have to meet certain levels before you can even know certain things about Scientology. Mm-hmm. It's not all, like, available to you right away. You yeah. have to get to certain levels. So I remember going to school with some um, other teenagers who were Scientologists, and they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you about that. That's on that level. How'd you, so, how'd you get involved in this? A, a family member of mine actually is a Scientologist. Okay. So that's how I got involved, and they were doing their best trying to help me. Um, so they had the best intentions, but listen, mm-hmm. the devil running rampant, okay? Mm-hmm. Like those, they have something called courses. Mm-hmm. So they have, um, like, of course, you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. So there's a course on communication. There's a course on um, pretty much everything. And how they say it is you can be a Scientologist and everything else too. So you can be a Christian Scientologist. You can be a Buddhist. Interesting. Yep. Very interesting. And auditing, that specific part, mm-hmm. is they use to like, so this is was used for me, right? I don't know if it's used for anything else, but they use that to help people go through 
um, and heal from like traumatic experiences. Mm. So you can be in an auditing session. And for example, the auditor is there with you and you're sitting um, facing each other a little bit ways apart and they're asking you questions. And they're going through your memories and they're asking you details about your memories. Like I'm talking about, they want you to remember the smell, the color of the lamp, very detailed stuff. And if you get one emotion, like in terms of a a reaction, you have to go over that memory over and over and over again until there's nothing there. There's no reaction and you're just calm and you're just talking like this. That sounds Fortress. Yes. Like when I think about it now, it is, but you kind of get lost in it mm. because you can go so far back. Um, like at one point I thought I was in my mother's womb. Wow. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I was going to say something, but I don't even like know what to say. So it was torturous. So if you're hitting any, like, it doesn't even matter how crazy the memory is, right? Mm-hmm. Because we know hurt and rejection and painful stuff can go from from anything, right? But imagine, like, you're living a moment in your life over and over and over and over again. You think it's help. You know, you're like, mm. okay, it's here to help me. But that that was tough. And yeah. then you can leave there. It'll feel like you were there for an hour and you were there for six, mm-hmm. eight hours. Yeah, it sounds like a really long process. Oh, yeah, super long. Listen, they was trying to get me right. They was <laughs> Did, Do like, you think that it helped? I, I don't yeah. know. Mm-mm. Yeah. It Jesus. Doesn't, it doesn't seem like something like even even from a worldly perspective or like taking spirituality out of it. It doesn't seem like something that would be helpful because the end goal is for you to not feel anything. How is that helpful? That's a that's a good point. I I walked away numb. Yeah. So maybe I could function a little bit better at the moment, but mm-hmm. that thing is just going to come up later. Exactly. That's all. It's just like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to find time. A, a new way. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and this is when you're 18. This is like leading up to being 18. So okay. 16, leading up to being 18. Unfortunately, I'm still in communication with a person um, that I was in an abusive relationship with. He's still in New Jersey. Yes. Okay. So it was very, it was long distance abuse, okay? It was like, how are you going to abuse someone that bad, oh that goodness. far away? Um. So I was like, you know, like living my life. I'm a teenager, you know, in the world, living my life. <laughs> and, um, you know, going to a Scientology school. But, of course, we're all teenagers. Mm-hmm. We, we're we not all moral, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're doing our thing. I started, like, drinking, started experimenting with weed here and there. Like, um, it kind of freaked me out, though. So I, it wasn't, like, all the time. <laughs> That's another story for another day. <laughs> but, but, um. So, so yeah, so I'm doing all this and, um, um, I did get to see my, um, my dad sometimes. So I'm like, oh, that, that's cool. Hanging out with my family. So life wasn't all bad cause it was the beach there, you know? Mm. So it was great, but it also, obviously I was dead in my sin. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know that, but I do like to paint the whole picture mm-hmm. because it's not like, like I said, I was just in a dark room for yeah. all my life. Yeah, plus people um, think that you need to be in a dark room all your life in you order don't. to come to Christ. Mm-mm. Yeah, Because most people that met me actually thought I was one of the happiest 
people they've ever met. Like, oh my God, you're just so, you're so funny. You're so happy. How are you so happy? Like, um, so no, your life doesn't need to look like that. Mm -hmm. I'm, what I'm expressing is a lot of things that people had no idea were going on, Mm -hmm. right? Some people did, some people didn't, but um, no, like you can, it can be your closest friend and you actually have no idea Mm -hmm. what's actually going on. Yeah. So. And a lot of the stuff comes back hindsight. Like when I talk about my testimony and I say like, oh, I was depressed. Mm-hmm. When I was in that area of my life, I never would have called myself depressed. Mm. But in hindsight, right. I can see it. Yes, yeah. you can see it now that you're looking, right? You mm-hmm. saved mm-hmm. and you know what it is exactly. to be, you know, dead in sin. And you're looking at it. I'm like, wow. Like, mm-hmm. And especially after you get free, you're like, I was I was changed. This is what it was. Right. I'm like, wow. So um, I rebellious, rebelliously stayed in that relationship in terms of communication. And by that time, um, it was really bad. So it was even at that time. And I, I mentioned it before, like, for example, being um, promiscuous or um, addicted, really addicted to porn. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be on on. Uh, looking at porn tw- 24 hours a day to be addicted. It's like, do you have to watch it consistently in your life? Is it a struggle? Can you stop? Mm-hmm. Right? So it was like, it wasn't like 24 seven, but it was so often. And I would even have times back then when I was like, okay, I'm not watching this. This doesn't make me feel good as a person. Like I would be like, Oh no, I need a break. I need a break. Cause I would just feel like bad, like mm-hmm. dirty, like even walking throughout my day. Mm-hmm. So, um, but at that time it was like, boom here. So it started off great sunshine and flowers. And all of a sudden I was being forced into a lot of different sexual stuff that, you know, even though I was promiscuous at 16, how much do you really know? So a lot of being pressured to do a lot of different things sexually, um, being mentally broken down. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, you're wonderful. And then it was like, uh, do this, and then after you do it, you're a, you're a whore. You're nothing. Mm. You would be nothing without me. So it was like that was the sound. It was like a constant tug and war. And at that point, um, a lot of people were like, why didn't you leave? I'm like, because I thought, like, I couldn't mm-hmm. in my mind. I'm like, you just, number one, you don't think you can. And even though when you think you can, you think you might die without them. And that is an actual real reality. Wow. That is, like, something I can't explain. And, of course, it's dumb, but it's real. Um, What's me? Oh, I don't, who is that? My phone isn't ringing. You can, oh, oh, here it is. <laughs> it was, um, so what was I going to say? So, at that point, I was totally convinced by this person that I wouldn't live without them, right? That I didn't mean anything, so even if I was without them, what would I do without with my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I would get like those sparks of, you know what? Like, I don't have to deal with this. It was like now. Oh, now they're, they're saying they're going to they're going to end themselves. Mm-hmm. So and <laughs> did. So listen, I look back. I'm like, oh, crafty, crafty, crafty. Jesus. So, um. And I think, and that also, like, that created a lot. It affects other people. Like, your life does affect other people. So Mm -hmm. at that point, I already felt ashamed, right? Because now my family knows. So I don't have as uh, close-knit of a relationship just from shame itself. 
So it, I'm like, if you go, who who else do I have? Like, mm. really? So um, so it was tough. So it was tough. So yeah. So that was kind of like 16 going through 18. Um, I did end up coming back to Jersey, um, and I did end up um, pregnant. So um, yeah, as a not my day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I did end, end up 18 and pregnant mm-hmm. and in a very bad situation in that way. Yeah. Where would you say your turning point happened? I would say my turning point happened. Um, so fast forward, I left the abusive relationship. But at that point, like the best way I describe it is kind of like my brain was like glass at that point. So a lot of who I was before and all my desires, right? Like I desired to go to art school and all that other stuff crushed dead. At that point, I was just like living life day by day. So I was um, riddled with anxiety. um, And I would always put a front in front of people. So I would call it like a chameleon style. Mm -hmm. Um, always putting up a front, um, you know, single mom. Now I did, um, thankfully leave that relationship, but I just hopped into another one. Um, so still, you know, being promiscuous, um, having to take care of a child. Um, and I loved him so much. He really did help preserve my life at that point, you know, um, him just being alive and me having that responsibility, but I was riddled with anxiety, working, 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 um, 24, seven, three jobs at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Two, three jobs at any given point. And, um, I remember the relationship, um, I was in while I was in that relationship, all of a sudden one day I woke up and I was like, I think I want to be celibate. So weird. Like, and I think about it, I know who it was, right. but it was, um, but it was, I was just like, I think I want to be celibate. And like, part of how I was beforehand was like very spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, even though I grew up in a professing Christian household, I would say God wasn't real, but I would always say, well, maybe God's this, maybe God's that. So I would take a little bit of a bunch of different religions at the time, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a religious person. I was a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I just woke up. I was like, maybe I want to be celibate. So I told my boyfriend at the time, I was like, hey, you want to be celibate? <laughs> That like, what? He was like, what you girl, uh, you tripping. Anyway, so um, so I woke up like that. And then at the, around the same time, I started getting really bad nightmares. So mm. bad nightmares. I started getting sleep paralysis. I started getting, like, now I know I was being attacked. Like, I would, and this, I didn't even get saved at this point yet. So I would have dreams of, and it would feel like things were trying to pull me out my own body. Mm. Like, I would see something hovering above me, and I would literally be fighting. I didn't know what was going on, but I would be fighting, like, trying to keep myself in. It's so hard to explain. Um, Or if I was, like, you know, turning off lights for bed, I would be walking through a room and go, like, like this, startled. Because it was like, you know when someone's in a dark room with you? Mm -hmm. And so you don't really see them, but you can, it's a little darker where they are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It would be like that, but nobody else was with me. Listen, <laughs> you see my face. So I'm like, there's ghosts. 
Yeah. I'm like, I told, like, my boyfriend at the time, I was like, there's ghosts. Like, obviously, my ex-boyfriend, there's ghosts. Oh, my gosh, there's ghosts. And I was like, so I was terrified. Did he believe you? Girl, no. <laughs> he was like, okay. Um, he didn't. And um, what did I do? I, like... Um, I, I can see like the the enemy tried to get me into witchcraft really my whole life. I can mm-hmm. look back my whole life and I mean practicing witchcraft, not just like manipulation. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was like, I'm gonna go get some rocks. Mm-hmm. I went to a store, rock store. I was like, I need to put rocks in my window seal. You know the the ones that had a uh, <laughs> this one takes away anxiety. <laughs> this one's for good energy. This one, this one is the. <laughs> For your heart. <laughs> they said it's good for your heart. <laughs> so I was putting rocks on like literally every window. I started doing sage. Mm. It was like, it was a time, but it, I was looking for something higher than myself because mm-hmm. of what I was going through. Um, listen, I, and now even looking back, like during those nightmares, it was so crazy because one, the first time I had sleep paralysis, I said the name Jesus. I was not church. Right. I wasn't church. I went to church like maybe randomly. So I said Jesus and it stopped. Mm. So during all this time, if I ever did have that happen, I would say Jesus. Wow. But I did not believe mm-hmm. at all, like in God. But it, it was like, I, but I would just do it in the moment. And so um, that progressed. That got worse and worse and worse. That is a heavy one. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to scare anybody with this stuff. But um, I, they, it would work. So the rocks would, like, work for a couple days, and then it would happen again. Or, like, the sage. Mm-hmm. It's like, we'll, we'll let you think it works. So it would, like, be okay for a couple days. And then the next day, at that point, I was getting attacked before I even fell asleep. So it wasn't any longer in my dreams. As soon as I laid down, it was like, boom, we got mm-hmm. you. So, um, I was like riddle. Oh my gosh. I was probably a hundred pounds soaking wet at that point. Um, this, and the relationship that I was in, um, because it it wasn't him or any specific person that was an idol. The idol was men and Mm -hmm. being loved by men and filling that void. So that relationship went rock bottom. Like it got really bad. And um, it was like we were going to break up. And Mm -hmm. I I couldn't bear the thought of breaking up. I was like, I had put so much energy, so much work. And it was where I found my value. Yeah. So the Lord was really piercing, like putting everything together. And I remember at that same time, I had a friend of mine who, listen, he was a sinner, just a Sinter, okay? <laughs> like, everybody's a sinner, but you know, some people's sin is a little more obvious. Special sin. Special. It's a, it's a little special. And um, all of a sudden, he started calling me about Jesus. Wow. He was like, and let me tell you, I only met him because of the that ex I had at the time. He was connected to him. So he wasn't like... You know, he he could have he could have been like, ah, that's the girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he would. I love you, and I just want to tell you about Jesus. Wow. Like I want to tell you that he saved my life, and his life did change. Like I knew him to be. I I, I don't think he would mind because he is public about this. I'm not gonna say his name, but mm-hmm. he was a whoremonger. That mm-hmm. was one of the things that was very obvious. All of a sudden, he was not. 
Like, so for me, I was like looking at his life. Like he was talking about Jesus on Facebook. Wow. He was ready to debate anybody. Okay. Is he still saved today? He is. Amen. Yes. Amen. He was like, girl, you better come on. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that message. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. So I wasn't getting it, but he, I want to say he did it at least. Three to six times. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaning more on six because mm-hmm. it feels like it was a lot of times. Come on, Blue. Like, come on. Like, you you need to get saved. Like, I met a man. He was like, I met a man. His name is mm-hmm. Jesus. He oh, my God. Me. He saves me. Like, you don't even need to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. Right? There's life. And I don't want you to go to hell. Man, I, was, I did not hear him, Zayja. Mm-hmm. So then... Um, one day I remember it was about to be really over with that guy and I, um, I don't think I had eaten in so long, um, you know, and, and trying to be the best mother I could possibly be, um, for my son so that he knows nothing is wrong. Right. That was my job at the time. Mm-hmm. He, I'm like, he's not supposed to know anything. So, um, but man, um, he called me and he preached the gospel again. I still said no, but right after that phone call, I remember I was walking in a Salvation Army church. Mm-hmm. I was um, with a friend at the time. She went there, but I wasn't a part of the, the service. I was like kind of walking around outside on the phone with him. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. Hung up. He, he was preaching the gospel to me, and I literally felt light enter every cell of my body. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how can I explain this in human words? Right. It was like <clears throat> light and love entered every cell in my body. It was like a light that couldn't, it was a light that could not be seen with the eye mm-hmm. because that's how blinding it would have been. It was light and love. I just felt a deep, deep love, like in the pit of my belly. And I knew it was Jesus. Mm. I knew. Like it was like, He didn't say anything to me. He didn't have to. I knew without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is the only, only way. It's only Jesus. That was Jesus. And I need to know who this man is. Amen. Yes. That's it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm like, oh. And I called him and I'm like, oh, my God. Do you know what just happened to me? (laughs) Because remember, I used to yell at my mom, like, God isn't real. Like, I was, no, like, when you tell, I was bad. I was spiritual, but I was bad. I would, I was that person that was like, why do babies die if there's a God? Mm, I can't stand those people. (laughs) I know, I can't stand those either. I'm like, I understand what you're saying, but you're wrong. I'm like, now, I can't stand it either. I'm like, really? We can go, listen. Let me, let me, I could talk too much, Taisha. <laughs> but, but yes, so that was like the turning point in my life because what I had was belief. Mm. Like I believed in Jesus, not just God. So that it was like from that point on, even though that's I wasn't reborn in that moment. Right. I was a believer, but from that point on, I always knew it was Jesus. Right. So um, from from that point on, that's where the pursuit began. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay, so tell us how you got here today. Born again. Ooh. Spirit filled. Hey. Yes. Jesus. 
sanctified. How'd you get here today? <laughs> um, so at that point, I was hungry. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was, listen, I, there was a Bible in my house um, because of the ex that I had at the time. He was not religious, but he randomly wanted to start looking at the Bible, but then he left it there. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was reading that Bible. I was mm-hmm. reading every night because I was still getting tormented, mm-hmm. essentially. So I would fill up my entire nights. Like my son, he would be sleeping soundly. I would read the word to him. You know, we had like this, um, you know, before, you know, we would do cute stuff before bed. But now I was like reading the word to him, singing to him. Um, I was like watching. And and the person at the time, he would send me videos of different preachers. Mm -hmm. So I would be watching YouTube videos um, of different preachers, like, who is this man? Who is Jesus? Reading my word all throughout the night until 6 a.m., and then I would get a few hours of sleep. Mm. So that was my life for a long time. Um, un- unfortunately, at that time, um, I was I was a believer. I wasn't born again, and I still had, I didn't love Jesus. Mm-hmm. I was hungry for him, but I didn't love him. So unfortunately, there was a time when I was like, okay, I got saved. I want him to get saved. Then mm. go the deception. I listen, I was fasting for him. Um, it would be for a lot of different reasons, but mm-hmm. yeah, so some of my fast would be for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, now I have to get married, right? So I'm like, I'm not gonna be in sin. Right. I, I knew that was sin. Mm-hmm. So thank God I didn't have that deception of I could do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, and things like that. And so um like, okay, they have to get saved, blah, blah, blah. And it was apparent at the time when it became apparent, um, there was one time I was praying and I was praying for my household and I was like, I'm going to have to leave if he doesn't get saved, but I didn't want to, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted Jesus to save us and we would get married and pursue God. And, um, I remember I was praying and I was interceding. I was interceding for a lot of different people. And then all of a sudden I felt my tongue start to give away, but I decide not to, cause mm-hmm. I didn't want to freak him out. And that was the Lord was about to baptize me, you know, with mm-hmm. his Holy spirit. It went down. So, listen, we end up breaking up. I was like, and I gave a cold shoulder to the Lord. That's really the only way I can explain it. I gave a cold shoulder to the Lord. I still I, I still couldn't negate he was real, but it was almost like I would just ignore him now in my mm-hmm. mind. I would ignore him. So I started living my life however I wanted to live it. I went back into sin and things like that with men. And then um, I realized one day... Um, and I had a few dreams actually directly from the Lord. And I was like, Lord, I can't die like this. Like, I really realized I will go to hell mm-hmm. if I die like this. Um, and so I was like, I started praying. And I know it was by his love. And I know it was him who was giving me these prayers. I started saying, like, Lord, like, I need to fear you. Mm-hmm. I need to fear you. I need to fear hell. I said, I need community. I need accountability. And I was like, I don't want to die. I was even watching YouTube videos of some, it's not funny, I'm chuckling, but some people who had like experienced hell mm-hmm. and then they, um, the Lord actually brought them back to life so they didn't have to stay there. Listen, I was trying to scare myself. I was mm-hmm. watching all those testimonies. And um, one night I was crying before the Lord and I was like, because I, then, at that point, I um, was trying to have a boyfriend but not be in sin. 
I already knew it was already, I still wasn't letting go of my old life. Yeah. And so I was like, Lord, I can't do it. It's not even about him. It's the idol that I always put people. It's a trophy there. It's a, it's a stand there mm-hmm. that I'm constantly filling up a void. Lord, I can't break up with him. I cannot break up with him. I need you to do it or I'm going, I, I need to be with you, but I can't do it. Like, I just cannot make this decision by myself. And I was, like, broken. I wasn't just crying. Like, it was like my soul was crying out. Mm-hmm. Next day, the guy broke up with me in, Amen. The, in the morning time. It was great. He broke <laughs> up with me. I got connected to, um, and at that point, too, I was church hop. Now I'm church hopping. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe the spirit of God isn't here. Um <laughs> unfortunately, in some instances. So I was being attacked, like you said, mm-hmm. and I was going to a beautiful, I love, I adore them. They're, they are saved. They are Christians. But uh, it was unfortunate. Like, they, some people, they didn't believe me that I was being attacked. And I'm like, well, if you can't believe me, I'm being attacked and I feel like I'm going to die at night. I don't know if I can stay here. Because we, I, you can't care. We can't carry each other's burdens that we don't believe. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, and there were just certain things. Like I was just reading, trying to get to know the Lord and I bless him. I thank him so much because he just allowed me to believe what I read. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to be convinced, for example, about deliverance. Mm -hmm. It was, he casted out demons. He healed the sick Mm -hmm. and you read it over and over. Thank you, Lord. What grace. Thank you. I'm like, thank you, God. Even now it's such a blessing that I was able to just, Believe it. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, so some people be like, oh, I'm dealing with this. I'm like, well, it says here that Jesus, <laughs> I think we need to cast out the demon. And they would be like, all right, this girl is tripping. So I was, you know, I was church hopping a little bit because I also, even it wasn't their fault, but even a church, if I was sinning at that church, you had no idea. I don't know. It's it, I don't know. That just didn't sit well with yeah, me. Yeah, it doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like. How you don't know when I'm that's, sitting among you? That's my biggest gripe <laughs> with the church system. It is because it's like you don't even know that person sitting next to you. Yeah, you know how the pastor's always like, "Turn to your neighbor." It's the last thing you want to do, mm-hmm. but yet that's your brother. Mm-hmm. Make it make sense. The last thing, and like you said, it was the last thing you wanted to do. It's not even that. Oh, it's just awkward. Mm-hmm. It's the last thing you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started to see because, like I said, I wasn't church before. You know that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't churched. So it was like, I was like, mm, this just doesn't seem right mm-hmm. in that way. Not that I never met a Christian, but at that point I was like, I don't even know what you guys do. Or why don't we believe the Bible, but we, like, talk about these scriptures, but we don't believe them. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of became at that point I was kind of hopping and then, a family member of mine, my aunt, she reached out to me because she saw me posting scriptures on mm. Instagram. And she was like, um, you know, hey, like I noticed this. And my cousin as well. Mm-hmm. So um, they're also, you know, spirit filled. And they're like, hey, girl, what's going on? At first I was a little prideful. I was like, <laughs> why are they asking me? But then I was like, you know, I it, instant connection um, with them. And the body that they were a part of, as soon as I heard them um, them speak, I knew that it was a real deal. Mm. It's, it's, so. it's interesting to hear your perspective as the cousin 
right? Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, right? So I'm putting you in the place of my cousin, right? Uh-huh. So I have a cousin who, since the time I got saved, I have not been able to get to her. Mm. Like I'm like, let's do dinner, let's hang out. Mm-hmm. Where are you? What are you up to? Right? And my cousin, this is the cousin that's like my age, right? Okay, okay. So, so you guys grew up. Yeah, together. we grew up together. I love her. She loves me. It's always great when we are together, but it's so hard to like find her, mm-hmm. right? And as of recently, she's been posting scriptures. I'm like, I'm coming for you. Ooh, I'm telling. That's a real thing. Hey, I that's can't a real wait thing. to get with her. So we're actually supposed to be meeting up next week. So oh, she's gonna see this. Yes. I hope she sees this and yes. she knows. Like, I love you. Yes, but we're gonna talk about Jesus. She loves you. We I'm like, do I look here? Do I look Jesus? there? <laughs> she loves you oh my gosh she loves you i'm like she and and just just um i could never imagine the love of christ mm-hmm. and the love of christ is directly correlated to the love of the body amen you have no idea how much your cousin has been probably praying for you like grueling for you because she loves you so much i hope listen i hope she sees this too girl do it I'm like, she is the, this is the real deal right here. Okay. So yeah, like, and it, and it wasn't easy for her end too, mm-hmm. because at first I was prideful and I was like, let me just, you know, I would, I would answer her back, but I wouldn't give myself right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I consider it actually my family, so that side of my particular family, my aunt and my cousin, they were praying well, let's even go to my aunt, right? Because she's older. And she actually got saved when my mom was pregnant with me. Oh, wow. So she um, was, of course, praying for her family to be saved. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she adores me. I love my aunt. She's the best. <laughs> but I'm sure I wasn't the first person she thought of all these years. Mm-hmm. Right? She has a mother. She has siblings she grew up with. Like... You, people in her life she so she waited essentially what 22 years mm-hmm. for a family member to be saved talk about endurance and yes. long suffering because i'm sure the whole time she was continuing mm-hmm. in prayer yes oh she's faithful mm-hmm. that's what i can call her she i could call her a lot of things but she's faithful she's steadfast she loves the lord and so she would be on the phone with me for hours Mm. hours Aisha just like she, of course she believed me right mm-hmm. and she saw so she's also spirit filled right mm-hmm. so a lot of the things I was saying she could see that was happening to me even though she was states away mm-hmm. so it was it was like I, I just found such a safety right with her and then the people she connected me with um, you know just accountability community mm-hmm. people who care who you're connected with and they have that soul desire how do we get to christ mm-hmm. how are we going to be more like christ mm-hmm. how are we going to love christ man it's just like it's everything that i didn't know i needed but the lord had already instilled in me to cry out for if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. so all those times i was crying out I knew this was it, but it just surprises me all the time how awesome he is, right? And therefore also his body, like we're, we're not separate mm-hmm. because 
you know, after being connected to her and her really loving on me and like caring for me, answering my phone calls at 3 a.m. And then the people that I got connected to and now I'm being discipled and they're caring for me and they're loving me no matter what it looks like. Mm -hmm. I didn't you don't come in just perfect. Right. Being um, a son of God is a continuous process until we're with him. So just like experiencing this even now where I am today, I'm like, there's always more. Mm -hmm. He's a living God. Like he's not, he's not a dead God. He's not just the Bible. Like he, that is a piece that he gave us for what we're doing here on this earth. And the craziest part is that it's a small piece. It's It's a small, (laughs) listen, he gave us just what we need to seek him more of him so i was met with relationship now i knew not only do we have to obey god right mm-hmm. of course like listen we need a one rule first step obey god but he's a person yes so i i didn't see that when i, when I was going to certain places it was just it seemed a little dead mm-hmm. even though some of them would be like concerts okay i would go there it would be like a church going they're to doing everything to convince you god is alive <laughs> everything and you feel it in that moment but then you walk away and it's after gone. sunday it's gone i need another dose mm-hmm. give me another dose <laughs> and i didn't know and but i i met these like listen jesus loving on fire christians and they're like jesus 24 7 is there a 24 8 too like <laughs> yeah so i'm like oh my god i want to be like you Mm -hmm. i'm like you know i'm like and i realized no it's a relation like the he's a person i'm like that still blows my mind because i i think even like i don't know if that ever stops really believe like seeing the person of jesus over Mm -hmm. in the different Mm -hmm. ways Mm -hmm. he's just so big i mean he's magnificent like And it's, it's even better, like, coming in not being churched mm. because I wasn't churched either. Mm-hmm. So it's been five years, a little more than five years now. And over the Amen. year, like, when I, even when I think back to, like, when I first got saved, who he was then, mm-hmm. who he was in year two, who he was in year three, four, five. Like, he, yes, it, it just yes. keeps getting better. Uh-huh. Like, it's, he's... Even yesterday, who he was yesterday compared to who he was, who he is today mm-hmm. is different for me. Like, it I is. understand him different. I see him different. different. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And it's, it sucks. And it, it really hurts, honestly. It hurts so much that there are Christians that think he's just Matthew 4, 15. Mm-hmm. Like... Or what, like whatever scripture that scripture was random, but like he, they right. think he's just that. Yeah, it is. It's like it's because the scriptures they're true, right? But mm-hmm. they're they all point to Jesus. Everyone, they all and Jesus is a person. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's. And, and I'm thankful for that, too, because everybody everybody's testimony is needed. So it's like, I know we need those. But for myself, I am grateful because I was able to just w- believe without that 
Mm-hmm. Stru- I already, I didn't already have a structure for yes. what there was. This was supposed to look like. You like. didn't have to break anything down. I didn't have to break that down. Mm-hmm. I had to break a lot of other structures down, mm-hmm. but they were completely not connected to him. And so, um, it was. So of course, it does. That matters. But when it comes to him, it's just like I was able to just, you know, as much as I could, because you know, you could listen. You know, it's a process, okay? Jesus is working on us little, a lot daily. daily. So it's a process, but yeah, just like you said, like he is a person. Like he's not just the scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you even think about it practically, practically, mm-hmm. if somebody writes a book, are they just that book? And it's like, if someone writes a book about their life, do you know them after you read that book? Bam. <laughs> That's it. That's all, folks. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Bam. I love that. That's such a yes. simple way to explain it. Like, is he just, is he just, no, like he is the, cre- Do you, have you seen the sky? Oh, my goodness. Have you seen mountains, canyons? I mean, even walk driving down the highway and all those trees. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he is like, he's so, what's a good word? I'm like. Is there is no word? There's no one <laughs> word. <laughs> he's so re- and he's so relational. Like mm-hmm. he wants to have a relationship with yes. us. Yes, yes. That's why the the universe people they are like they are my one of my pet peeves because it's like God created us for fellowship. He created us to have relationship mm-hmm. with Him, and we. In our ignorance or in our rebellion, we've yes. made him so far. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he wants to be right here. Right. He's like, let in, let me in. Right. And we're like, the universe. I know, looking at everything he created. Everything he created and not looking at him, like just being so, um, what is it, stargazed? What is it when people look at celebrities? Starstruck. Like, starstruck. Mm-hmm. By everything else and you know that's exactly where the enemy wants us to be because he doesn't want us to know christ yeah so i'm really i was very thankful that my aunt connected me in that way as soon as i heard you know one of the leaders in the church speak i knew i was in the right place mm. like and i never looked back mm. that was it and he completely and they baptized me right away got gave me a foundation right away mm. connected me right away no it listen, kept me accountable. I wasn't just showing up to fellowship and that was it. They were like really nurturing me as a babe Mm -hmm. in Christ. And, um, coming now I've just been, I've been so blessed and I know that I, I I wouldn't have made it, you know, without them. And I, I, I couldn't, you couldn't survive without the body. Yeah. Period. Impossible. Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) How would you say your relationship with Christ has, changed and transformed you today i would say it's changed me i have joy so i have joy i'm sorry i'm like no matter like he he didn't make my life like the perfect american dream when i got saved Mm -hmm. like that's not what it was and I have joy. It's like no matter what's going on. And of course, like I have my human days, but I have joy that just really doesn't make any sense. Like when I look at my life, like there are some very tough moments 
You know, and he says that there will be suffering. and He does delight in the suffering of his saints. And I understand that more and more now because it does make us look more like him. Because mm-hmm. he's given me a joy that's so beyond, like, what is here on earth. You know, I, um, so I have joy. I care about other people. I, when I consider it, like, I really didn't care about people like that before. Wow. That, like, I wouldn't have, like... I didn't care. Yeah, I guess that's just a simple way. I just didn't care about people like that before. But now I'm like, I love preaching the gospel because mm-hmm. if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And yes. I'm looking at these people. And once you really believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, once you really believe that, no, actually, if we don't obey him and love him and give him our life, there is a hell. Mm-hmm. If if you actually believe that, you're going to tell somebody. Yeah. And you're going to tell a lot of somebody's. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not, listen, that that's just what it is. Because if you saw a murderer going to someone's house. Yeah. Your best friend's house, your mama's house, even a stranger's house. Mm-hmm. You would say something. Yeah. So if you don't say anything. So he gave me the capacity to love. I didn't have the capacity to love before Christ. Like, he gave me the capacity to love, to obey, mm-hmm. right? Because then my testimony after I was saved, and a lot of what I'm sharing is actually what other Christians have told me because that's really the where the testimony is coming from, right? What are What is everyone else seeing in your life? Yeah. he Listen, they started calling me obedient. I was like, what? Listen, you guys <laughs> need to say that in front of my mama because she would not believe. You know, obedience, like, you know, I can ob- see authority, Obey authority now. Um, He set me free from perversion. Mm. He set me free from lust, depression. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I'm married now. Like, and my husband, just to even talk about that part, my husband and me, he didn't even know what it was like to hold my hand before we got married. Mm. It's so interesting. It's so You guys did courtship in the right way. And the world has no idea what courtship is Mm -hmm. or what it's supposed to look like. Can you tell us a little bit about your courtship? Sure, yeah, of course. So um, at that point, I had only been saved for maybe a year and a half. So um, definitely the Lord was working on me in a lot of different ways. But I think, um, and I started like feeling led to fast for certain things in my life. So any, any generational things that were actually in, um, generationally in the family, like any adultery, right. Um, you know, bearing fornication, right. Lack of marriage and all that stuff. I really started to feel led in that way. And I started having conversations with my teacher, right. Um, as a disciple, and um, all of a sudden, I was like, hey, I think I'm ready. And she was like, all right, you ready to be found. <laughs> so I just, hey, I would just stay ready so I didn't have to get ready, <laughs> make sure I looked okay and found myself friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember we, so his best friend, my husband's best friend got married and my cousin got married. Mm-hmm. And they're both, you know, Christians and a part of the same everything. So we ended up at the wedding together and it was so funny 
It was so funny how it happened because at that point, the Lord had changed me so much. It felt weird even to sit at the same, like, sit chair by chair with him at that point. So I was like, oh, hi, you know, how you doing? We didn't know each other that well because we were, like, states apart, Mm -hmm. right? So we had met before. I'm like, oh, that's my brother in Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, But then um, uh, we just connected that day. Like, we just connected and... um, uh, but he, we did it. He did it in the right way. He spoke to his leader. He spoke to my leaders. Hey, what do you think about this? And then all of a sudden I got a call. And I was like, he was like, hey, uh, I'm going to be calling you a lot more often. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, of course, I called my teacher right away. Right. Because this is so new. Like, I really felt like a babe like, and being raised up, Mm -hmm. like, the Lord really helped me, like, purify my mind in a lot of ways, so I was like, oh, what do I do, you know, and of course, I was like, he called you, right, I was (laughs) like, you need to call my teacher, because you can't be calling me just all (laughs) willy-nilly, so, (laughs) so, um, so that happened, so they had already spoke, and all those other things, and she gave me, like, a really good guide to how to stay holy mm-hmm. how to do this the right way mm-hmm. what it looks like because i i now i had already been around um a church um of people who were actually married a lot of marriages mm-hmm. i've never seen so many marriages in my <laughs> life and marriages that people who have been also married for like 10 15 20 years mm-hmm. golly and my aunt i'm like they're coming up on what 20 years wow so i was like whoa and they also respect Mm. That's they the, love yeah, each that's, other. That's the big one right there. <laughs> they actually love, like, and respect each other. Yes. So I was like, okay, like, you know, how do how do I, you know, do this the right way and all this stuff. And um, she gave me a good, you know, rundown. Like, hey, you guys don't need to be out late together. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys don't need to be alone together and all those things. And it's it's really nothing until it's something, mm-hmm. which really covered my heart. Because it was kind of like, okay, I can, I have the freedom to get to know this man. He has the freedom to get to know me intentionally for marriage. Mm-hmm. This was not for fun. Yeah. I would say that's one of the biggest things about courtship is it's intentional. I am courting because I have the intention of getting married, mm-hmm. not because I want to spend my time with the opposite sex. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. So, um, so it was great. Like, you know, he was very <clears throat> respectful on the same speed my husband, um, he really also helped me because not only was he saved for longer, because we know that doesn't always matter, but mm-hmm. he was like, you know, more mature in that way. So he could also help me in certain circumstances. And we really, we just kept ourselves. I mean, for us, it was like, we don't even need to hold hands because you're not my husband yet. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not my husband, you're not mine. Mm-hmm. And I and and it was super clear to us at that point, we need to please the Lord. Yes. Like and it it was separate. Like he was like I need to please the Lord and I was like I need to please the Lord and that came together to where it was like I can't grieve the Lord. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't I even prayed to the Lord after we had a connection at the wedding and I was like, "Lord, if this is not your will, if this is not going to work out, like it's okay to you know, get to know different people. But at the point I was just like, I don't even want to. So I was like, if this is not going to work out, if this is not going to glorify you. If this is not right, don't even let him call me, mm. call me the next day. <laughs> so that's really our courtship looked like. It was like very boundaries, but, and, and, but it also gave us the freedom to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. So we weren't even living in the same state. 
So we were phone call, you know, phone calls all the time and no late phone calls either. Yeah. That's when the freaks come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you talking about at 11 p.m.? Right. What do you, because you know you're getting a little sleepy. <laughs> his voice might sound a little deep <laughs> at that point. You know, his voice, his voice might sound a little chocolatey. <laughs> So that's what it looked like. Listen, we I was like, we're not even going to hold hands. And he was on the same speed. Mm-hmm. No kissing, no nothing. So when we walked down the aisle, that was the first time we were joined in that way. Mm. Amen. Thank the Lord. Holy. Thank Jesus. Yes. So. so what advice would you have for someone who has a similar testimony, similar background to you in terms of holding on to Christ, pursuing Christ? Someone who's already saved? No. Okay. I would say Jesus came down, 100% God, and 100% man. And he lived a life that we should have lived, and he died a death that we should have died for our sin. And he rose on the third day, beating death, destroying the works of the devil, and proving he is the Son of God. And if we believe in him and give him our life, that we can also enter into eternal life. We would no longer go to hell, right? Hell would no longer be your portion. And I would say believe, like believe that. Because it's true, like he is the son of God. And if I was to speak to someone that has a testimony like me, it would really be like believe in something other than yourself. And when I say that, you can't, you can pick apart from as many spiritual ideas as much as you want, but it really ends up being all about you, right? You're creating your own God. And I would say, listen, like, did that one cut off? Oh, okay. Oh, I was like, about to say the devil is working hard. Believe in something other than yourself. You cannot, you can create your own religion all you want, right? Your own spirituality. You can pick from here and there, but it's not true. And I think you know that. I think anyone who's in it knows that. Or and but Christ also um, he desires to deliver you from that. So, you know, if you're not even at that place where you're like something's wrong, I would challenge you to cry out, right? Um, cry out to Jesus, you know, because he wants to know us. He doesn't wish that any man would perish, no matter what you've done. And I mean, no matter what you've done, he does not wish one man shall perish. So after, you know, sharing the gospel with you, I would really... I I actually plead of you, talk to him. Listen, Jesus, please show me if you're real. Please. Even if you don't even have an ounce of belief in him, do it. Do it. You try those rocks. Hold on, let me stop. (laughs) Listen, I tried the rocks too, so I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But that's it, man. I have, like... I, I, I guess I could probably go into more, like, advice, advice. Mm -hmm. But after talking through it all, I'm like, the only thing I have right now is the gospel. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's really all I have. 
So my last question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Who do you know God to be? Who do I know God to be? Lord. Mm. I've He is Lord, and I've made him my Lord. Amen. He is my protector. He is my provider. He is the lover of my soul. He is, and he's my father. And he's made me a useful son, daughter, and his kingdom. And I think that he is actually like the most wonderful thing. The most wonderful person you could ever know is the Lord. And that's the only reason why I'm still here. And why you're still here mm-hmm. is so that everybody else can know him too. So that's it. Listen, I, the list could go on. <laughs> He's my savior. He saved me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's that. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Lily Podcast. For a while, I have been wanting to put out a call to salvation. And the call to salvation begins with the gospel. The gospel says that God became man in Jesus Christ, that Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life, the life that we were all supposed to live. And he died the death that we are all deserving of due to our sin. Three days later, he rose again proving that he is the son of God, offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to all those who would repent and believe in him. If you have not answered the call to salvation and you want to answer the call to salvation, please fill out the form below and let's see if I can get you connected with disciples in your local area so that you can get started on your journey with Christ. If you have answered that call to salvation, but you haven't been activated in the Great Commission, you can use that same form below and I can get you connected with disciples in your local area that can show you how to get activated and get involved in the work that God left us here to do. The Great Commission says, Go therefore, preaching the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the things that God has commanded us. As Christians, we have a work here on this earth. So if you haven't been activated, use that form below and let's get you activated. Once again, I'm so grateful and I really do appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in and meet us back here next week because we will be dropping a new episode every Friday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support.